Hello, everyone, and welcome to Resilient Health Radio. I'm really glad you're able to join us today. This is our first podcast, so for those of you who are tuning in, I'm really excited to have you join me, and I'm hoping to bring you a lot of really great guests that are going to bring you some really you know, powerful information to help really change and transform your life. And my first guest could not be more appropriate for what we're trying to accomplish here, and it's Dr. Trevor Cates. Dr. Cates is a fellow naturopathic physician. She is the founder of The Spa Doctor, and she is the author of one book with another book coming out very, very soon. And I think you know today's topic is going to be really important, particularly for women out there who've been dealing with two really important health problems, skin problems and hormone problems. So Dr. Cates, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Darren. It's great to be here with you. So skin and hormones, I mean, I know this is your wheelhouse, right? This is something I, I know you personally have kind of struggled with when you were a teenager. And I think that's kind of what led you to doing what you do today. So maybe tell us maybe a little bit about your story and then talk about how you know skin and hormones are related to each other. Because I don't think people really think about that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think a lot of us that do this kind of medicine have our own journeys that led us to, to be here. So I, my journey started as a kid. I had a lot of health issues, a lot of allergies and skin issues that showed up as eczema and hives, mysterious bumps and itchy rashes. And I, my parents took me to see every doctor they could find and every specialist. And I would just have adverse reactions or allergic reactions to everything that they gave me. And so I just kept feeling worse. And for anyone who struggled with skin issues, you know how challenging it can be, not only the physical symptoms, but also the embarrassment as a child. I remember right. being embarrassed by my skin. I tried not to get too close to kids my age. And um, so it was really challenging. But my parents found a holistic practitioner eventually who had a holistic practitioner. And that was the one thing that really turned my health around. So at an early age, it planted that seed and it made me more aware of this holistic connection with our body and that our skin is connected to how we feel and connected to things like allergies. Well, then later in my life, it's because that was when I was 11. Later in my life, as I went through hormonal changes and really related to hormonal birth control is when I started to have even more problems. And so I one time I was put on a birth control pill and I had acne so bad that I looked like I had chicken pox. I mean, my face was completely covered in acne. Wow. And so that was kind of one of my first experiences with, you know, hormonal birth control. And then when I was 30, I was on another hormonal birth control and was putting on weight. And I I asked the gynecologist I was seeing, Are you do you think that maybe this this um birth control is related to my weight gain? And she said, well, honey, you're 30 now, so you're not in your 20s anymore. So weight gain is normal. And so I'm sorry, but it's just part of getting older. And I left her office and I thought, 30 just doesn't seem to be old. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. thankfully, I was already a naturopathic physician at that point. So that definitely created some red flags for me. And so then I started to really deep dive into my own um, hormones and, you know, got off the hormonal birth control um, and got my skin, got my health, my weight, all of that back on track. And it's so funny because I'm 49 now and I feel like I'm fitter and healthier than I was when I was 30. So it's pretty, I want to find that gynecologist and have a little chat with her. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I think for anyone, you know, I, I think a lot of us, when we go through our teenage years, especially, you know, we start to see our skin really change, you know, as our hormones kick in. I mean, like, again, being a teenage boy, I can remember again, having, you know, acne on the face, my shoulders, I think, you know, particularly as testosterone levels start to go. And we see that now, even in older people, and especially people like bodybuilders and people that are using testosterone exogenously, you know, we see their skin start to break out. So, you know, we know that there's this relationship between hormones and skin. So aside from, you know, the normal teenage acne, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what happens as we get older, what's going on between that relationship between our hormones and the skin? Yeah, well, I you know I have my in my first book, Clean Skin from Within, I talk about how skin is an outer reflection of our overall health. And so skin, as you know, is one of the early warning signs that our health is going in a direction that we need to address. So root causes oftentimes show up on the skin, nutritional deficiencies, inflammation, um, you know, uh, hormonal imbalances are one of the big things. So for example, if someone has low thyroid function, one of the first signs we see is dry skin. Or on the flip side of that, on with hyperthyroidism, they might experience more oilier skin or more acne-prone skin. So there are so many skin issues that can be related to a lot of root closet causes, including our hormones. And so, you know, as I mentioned, dry skin's one of them, but if it's related to, to thyroid, um, any kind of inflammatory skin issues, adrenals or our cortisol can, can impact that and worsen the inflammation there. So that's another one. Um, and then as we get older, as you mentioned, we go through as women, we go through a lot of changes throughout the month, throughout our lives. And so our hormones can definitely fluctuate and we can have more of that acne, not just at puberty, but also at certain times we might start to experience more acne. Now, the thing is, I want to bust this myth that some of these common symptoms like hormonal acne, PMS, period pain, while these are core, uh, these are common hormonal uh, symptoms, they're not normal. Any <laughs> symptom that you have is a sign that the body's out of balance. So if you're if you're having your having this resurgence of acne or you're noticing other changes in your skin, it's not something to just struggle through. And I think as women, I think a lot of times women are told. You know, you just have to wear more makeup or you just, you know, you're just getting older. So wear a different moisturizer or a night cream, you know, like that's going to magically fix everything. And so it's important to, to realize that our skin gives us these messages. So really any change that's happening with your skin, it could be related to something much deeper. And, and certainly if you're looking at other women your age and you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm starting to age more more quickly than other people my age, then that could be a sign too, that something is not quite, um, something is out of balance and something's not quite right. But you bring up such a great point, you know, that I think the things that become common get so marginalized now as being normal. I'm like, no, it's not normal. Like PMS for women, is not normal. You know, yeah, all this you know, cystic acne as a teenager is really not normal. Like you said, it's a reflection that something else is going on in the body, but it's kind of amazing to me that a lot of doctors out there kind of gloss over it and go, well, yeah, that's normal. I see it a lot of people like, right, but that doesn't mean that it can't be addressed and that there's not some other underlying issue that we really need to fix. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, most people are just not particularly healthy, especially the people that are showing up in doctor's offices. So when doctors say it's normal, it doesn't mean that it's normal. I mean, there are places around the world where acne actually doesn't exist. So there's a small place in um, like Papua New Guinea that where acne is never, there are no cases of acne, right? So it is very much a situation where our lifestyle impacts our skin. And so these things and, and other hormonal imbalances. And so we, you know, we really need to take a deeper look at this. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good message that people, if you know, been struggling with skin issues, you really need to talk with your healthcare provider about looking at, it's not just one hormone, right? Again, it could be thyroid. It could be your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol. So they really need to look at the whole gamut of all these hormones to see where there might be these imbalances. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I went into a deep dive in this with the Hormones Health and Harmony docuseries, which you're a part of. Thank you so much for your brilliant interview. And and I really wanted to share this docuseries with women out there to help bust some of these myths like this and to help figure out how do you address these root causes and understand that there are more options besides things like birth control pills, which women are oftentimes put on to manage hormonal acne, which I strongly believe that birth control pills should be reserved just for birth control and not for managing our symptoms because they create more hormonal imbalances. Birth control pills create also create nutritional deficiencies, gut microbiome imbalances, and, and they come with a number of side effects. So there are certainly other options besides what, what doctors oftentimes will prescribe. Absolutely. And I, I want to segue, which you just mentioned, you know, about the gut, because again, I remember when I was in naturopathic medical school, you know, this relationship between the gut and the skin is really important. You know, our skin is our largest detox organ, right? So often if there's something bad happening in the gut, it'll get reflected through the skin. So maybe talk to our audience a little bit about that relationship as well. Yeah, it's really interesting that more people don't know about this connection, but a lot of times people think of skin as something that is just treated superficially. And that's because that's how most conventional dermatologists treat the skin is it's this exterior thing where you put something on your skin or you're using steroids to just to suppress the, the inflammation or the issue at hand without really looking at a deeper what's going underneath this and what's going on and, and how can we take a deeper look at this? And so I think it's, I mean, I really think it's important for, for us to take a look at this and, um, Sorry, I forgot what your original question was. And we were talking about the relationship between the gut yes. microbiome in particular and how it affects the skin. Yeah, the gut microbiome is so crucial for the skin microbiome. I think there's a lot of talk about the gut microbiome and all the microorganisms that live in the gut that protect our gut, our digestion, and so many other aspects of our health. But we also have a skin microbiome. So all these microorganisms that live on the skin, they're very different than the ones that live in our gut. But when, but they do help protect our skin and keep it from breaking out and things like acne or other eruptions and also keeping us aging gracefully. And when our gut microbiome is out of imbalance, out of balance, then that creates imbalances in our skin microbiome. So there's more and more research coming out about this really exciting connection between the gut microbiome and the skin microbiome. But we do know that you, you know, you get a healthy gut microbiome that will definitely help the skin microbiome. 
And what, so what we can do, whatever we can do to help support that, like, you know, making sure they're getting plenty of fiber in your diet, eating a variety of produce. And um, if you, I feel like, you, you know, you might have some gut imbalances in going in to see a naturopathic doctor, or functional medicine doctor to get some testing done to see what might be out of balance. Because so often with my patients with acne, and you've probably seen this too, there is their gut microbiome imbalances. So if, when we do gut microbiome tests, Sure enough, there are usually dysbiosis there that we need to address. And really, ideally, we want to address the skin microbiome, both from the inside as well from the outside. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much research on the gut microbiome attached to so many chronic illnesses. But again, I think we forget that we've got microbiome, again, on our skin, microbiome in the vaginal area, microbiome in our lungs, microbiome in our brain. You know, I think the gut gets all the attention, but in reality, you know, each body part, you know, has its own sort of gut bugs that are there to help basically protect it and, you know, help assimilate nutrients and do all these other wonderful things. But yeah, in my own practice, again, I see so many people that have, you know, whether it's eczema, psoriasis, uh, you know, really any kind of skin problem, 99% of the time, there's some element of gut problems that seem to be underlying that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm i so grateful that when I was a kid, I was able to address those root causes and address my gut health when I was young so that I could avoid a lot of the other health issues that I've seen in my patients when they people don't address it early on. Because, you know, with these root causes, as you know, it's like you get a gut microbiome imbalance and you somebody develops something like atopic dermatitis or eczema. And if you don't address it at that point, then that underlying issue, the gut uh, microbiome imbalances are going to show up in the health in some other way. So it might show up as an, um, an autoimmune condition of a, you know, like a thyroid disease, you know, autoimmune thyroid disease or something, something along those lines. Or I've seen people develop asthma, other type of atopic types or allergic types of diseases if they're not addressing those root causes. So the sooner we can do that the better but of course it's never too late <laughs> right well i wonder too how much you know even like i think of like toxicity because the gut of course processes a lot of toxins again a lot of that can come out through the skin so if we you know i think conventional dermatology has this sort of tendency again if it's red put cortisone on it right and that suppresses that reaction but in that does it redirect those toxins elsewhere where it might lead to some other you know potential chronic illness yeah, I think people oftentimes forget that the skin is a an organ of detoxification. That's one of the roles of it is we perspire through the skin. And so it's so important for us to be able to do that. And certainly we can have um, times when our skin is flushed or things. And, and actually that can be a normal thing of our body just kind of releasing things. But we, I think so often the products that we use on our skin are, are, are oftentimes occlusives or they're blocking our ability to perspire. So a lot of um, moisturizers have these kind of things like dimethicone in there that trap in moisture, but that means it makes it more difficult for us to perspire and for our skin to do its job. And, and then also we're, there's some concern about what that might be doing to the skin microbiome. So basically, if you're thinking if you're putting like a layer of saran wrap on your skin and your skin is trying to perspire, imagine that's not going to be a healthy environment for your the microbes that are living on your skin 
to um, to thrive, right? It's going to create issues. So that can create skin microbiome imbalances. And and how much does that get compounded by the fact that we've got all these personal care products between you know, makeup and shampoo and lotion and, and so forth that contain all these crap ingredients? And again, I think there's uh, not as much awareness out there in the community about a lot of this stuff is really bad for your skin. <laughs> yeah. And so many of these products and ingredients are not only bad for our skin, but bad for the environment. We, you know, we think about the skin microbiome, as I mentioned, one of the ingredients that can create disruption and, and other, you know, um, like some of the ingredients and, and, um, you know, that are antimicrobial, people are trying to fight off germs and be, you know, have good hygiene, but yet it can actually be just like antibiotics. They can be, they can be killing off the good microorganisms along with, with the harmful ones. So we, you know, we really want to think about that, but also there are a whole class of chemicals called endocrine disrupting chemicals that are commonly found in personal care products. And these endocrine disrupting chemicals, these hormone, hormone disrupting chemicals will bind hormone receptors and change the, the functioning of our hormones in our body and create more hormonal issues like thyroid disease, infertility, um, early puberty, a number of breast cancer, uh, prostate cancer, they've been associated with a lot of different hormonal issues, as you know. And so we, you know, we're exposed to so many of these chemicals now. We really want to focus on where can we reduce our total exposure. And one of the biggest places we could do that is in our personal care products. But I think a lot of times, especially as women, where you start getting older and we start using more and more products <laughs> and not looking at the ingredients because we think a lot of women think, oh, it's I'm just putting it on the outside of my body. It's not like I'm eating it, but it's still <laughs> absorbing through your skin because we use hormone creams, we use nicotine patches as routes of delivery for a medication. So what makes you think that the skincare products that you're putting on, those ingredients are not going to get in your body? And they not they're not well regulated by the US right. FDA. In Europe, they've banned over a thousand ingredients. And in the US, it's under a dozen ingredients that have been banned. So it really is up to consumers. And I can tell you, you know, I make the Spot Doctor skincare line, my natural skincare line. And I can tell you how frustrating it is working within this industry and trying to communicate with packaging and manufacturers and formulators and things because the standard in this industry is really sad. And I'm constantly having to raise the bar of like, well, I know that's what you guys typically do, but I'm asking for this. I want the quality of ingredients to be this. I want you to be testing my products. I don't want to use, you know, these kinds of plastics and things in our packaging because they're not recyclable. And they're like, well, nobody asked for that because everybody's just wanting to save money. And, and yeah. so it's, it's really frustrating to be in this industry, but I'm like, well, I guess it's good that I'm here so that maybe I can help raise the bar a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think there's this common thing, too, when people think about personal care products, like, well, I'm just using a little bit every day. I'm just using a little bit. I'm like, right, but you use that little bit every day. You know, there is this bioaccumulation of these toxins over time. And like you said, you know, if you're, you know, using three, four, five, six different products every day and the combination of whatever chemicals might be in it, you know, over the course of months and years, that adds up. And uh, again, I, I appreciate the, the frustration because, you know, same thing with this, I think nutritional supplements, we run into the same problems. It's like, yes, you can make a certain supplement very inexpensively, 
but there's a reason that a supplement's more expensive is that it takes a lot to do quality control, quality assurance, proper testing to make sure that you're giving someone a really clean product. And in the, the skincare line, I imagine it's the same, same issue. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the same stuff. And I think almost even more so because I feel like in the supplement industry, there, there are more regulations and skincare. People really just don't like everything. Oh, it's just such a small amount. Like you said, that it's it the wild west. Matter. But you know, it's, it's, there are ingredients that can accumulate in the body. And then even the ones that our body does a pretty good job of eliminating the problem is, is if you're using it every day, your body's really never getting a break from it. So your body might be, you know, processing through the liver or the kidneys. You may be, you know, perspiring stuff out. And our, if our bodies are healthy, we do, we could do a really great job of eliminating toxins. But when our body never gets a break from them, from things like phthalates that are in fragrance, synthetic fragrance, also parabens that are used as preservatives in skincare products, chemical sunscreen ingredients like oxybenzone, we're getting exposed to those every day because we're constantly putting on. So our body can't keep up with that, getting eliminating those out of the body. So that's when we start to really have problems. And then our bodies also become this, this science experiment because we, you know, the experiments that are done in labs, they're isolating ingredients or isolating right. substances. But when we start throwing all of these, nobody's doing science experiments on the combination of these things um, because you just can't afford these research, you know, research costs money and who's going to run those studies. <laughs> yeah. I ran a study and I thought it was fascinating that the average American gets exposed over 80,000 chemicals a year and yet less than 200 of them have been studied for their safety. Yeah. And yet we just throw them out there to the world, whether we put it on our skin, eat it, breathe it. And yeah, who knows what that combination of things does to our bodies. And that those those are continually being added to the list of endocrine disrupting chemicals. As we learn more about these chemicals, unfortunately, and it's infecting it's affecting humans, it's infecting affecting our environment. There, thankfully, some places are starting to ban certain ingredients, you know, like Hawaii banning um, ingredients because of the reefs protecting the reefs and and things like that. So it's making manufacturers. That's what makes manufacturers actually have to change things is when there's a consumer demand for a change, which is one of the reasons why there are more natural skincare products now than there used to be. But the problem with that is still remains that there's no real regulation around the word natural. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. It's up to the manufacturer to decide what they mean by that. And even the word hypoallergenic has no meaning, no regulation. So anybody can, it's just a marketing term. Now the word organic does have some regulation. So people, if it does say it contains organic, usually have to have like an asterisk or it has to be indicated which ingredients are organic, but that's a little bit of more of a, an indication. But I think um, one of the databases, one of the places, websites you can go to to learn more is Environmental Working Group, ewg.org. And I know, Darren, you're familiar with this site. Oh, yeah. And there's a skin deep database on there. So you can actually go in and search ingredients and products and it'll give you a rating and explanation of why it's been rated that way. Um, and of course the spa doctors skincare products we have, we're verified, we've been through their testing and their um, regulatory, um, you know, whatever their process is that they go through and they, they verified our products. Awesome. So I, I know this could probably be a very long list, but maybe give us like the top, 
What are the top three worst things you see in personal care products that people absolutely have to avoid? And then what might be some alternatives to those? Yeah, absolutely. I rattled them off really quickly, but let me go through them more uh, in detail. The first one is fragrance. And fragrance is one that it's listed as a single ingredient on skincare products, but it's definitely not one ingredient. It's a whole bunch of different ingredients that don't have to be listed on the label. And that's where that phthalate exposure comes from oftentimes. Diethyl phthalate is added to fragrance to help the scent last longer, but it is one of these endocrine disrupting chemicals. It's shown up in human samples and human urine samples. So we do know it gets absorbed in the body and we do know it's an endocrine disrupting chemical. And the reason why I say fragrance first as well is because it's in so many things. It's in cleaning products, it's in our laundry soaps, it's in air fresheners and in so many personal care products, including your shampoo, your, your deodorant, all these different things. So it really is the first one that I tell people what can you do to start swapping that out? Start using organic essential oils, look for natural products made with natural um, fragrance like essential oils instead or go fragrance free. That's an, that's an option as well. Um, and then and I also mentioned chemical sunscreen and oxybenzone is one of the worst ingredients in that chemical sunscreen list. And it's another one of these endocrine disrupting chemicals. And then there's also parabens. And a lot of companies have taken parabens out, but they fought it. And a lot of companies are still fighting it because they're saying it's just such a small amount and, 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 you know, that whole battle with it. But Right. Uh, what I, I just think that you just want to reduce your total load and parabens were showed up in breast tumor tissue. They've been, I've done um, testing on my patients and identified the exact paraben that was in their product, the type of paraben with what showed up in their urine test. So we know that just, we do absorb it and then it, it gets into our body and hopefully we're eliminating it, but it's just not worth the risk because there's so many other better options. So with um, oxybenzone and chemical sunscreens, I recommend swapping out for a zinc oxide or a mineral-based sunscreen. And then for preservatives, there are a bunch of different natural preservatives, natural skincare products. We make it, the spot doctor, we make natural skincare products have a two-year shelf life because we have a natural preservative system. We also do things like put things in airless tubes so that people aren't sticking their fingers in and contaminating the products, things like that. <laughs> That you want to th that a lot of people don't even think about, but make a difference. Awesome. Well, that's great advice, and uh, definitely check out the Spa Doctor. It's uh, the Spa Dr. Uh, dot com because she's got some great products. And again, anything you do that's going to put on your skin that's going to be clean uh, is going to be really helpful. And definitely check out ewg.org. Again, it's just a great resource to look at all these different products. You know, every single personal care product you can think about, they have a database there that. We'll tell you about what's safer for you and your family. So I want to kind of close out our podcast by talking about the docuseries, because I know you spent a lot of time, a lot of energy into this. So maybe share down to what, what it's kind of about and what are some of the key features of it? Yeah, so it is a nine-part documentary series, and we go deep into women's health and hormones and talking about all the different ways that hormones can impact our health. So it's not just about hormonal acne. It's not just even about uh, menstrual cycles. It's way more than that. It has to do with our weight, our energy, our sleep, our sex drive, how we go through transitions, like when women are trying to get pregnant or when they go through menopause. These are big things that 
impact a woman's health and so much more. And so we, and, and Darren, thank you so much again for your interview. You're one of our superstar um, uh, experts in the series, but I interviewed over 50 experts for this and it was phenomenal experience. I did all the interviews in person. And so it's super high quality, great information. And it's, we don't just stick with the problem. We talk about the solution. How can we look at natural ways to support your body? All the ways you can reduce your toxin exposures, improve detoxification pathways, and help balancing hormones naturally. So lots of great information in there. And it is coming up May 10th. And it um, so May 10th through May 18th is when it goes live. And we have um, each episode is where I'll, we'll get, make sure you have the link so that you can watch it free every 24 hours. We release a new episode. Oh, that's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing the whole series again. I know I got to do my little bit part and I'll be curious to see how the whole thing comes together. But I know some of the people you interviewed, you had just a fantastic group of uh, doctors and practitioners that uh, you interviewed. So I'm really looking forward to it. And for, for the women out there listening, again, this is going to be a great resource for you to get some solid information on, you know, like all the things we've been talking about today, you know, hormones and chemicals and all the stuff that impacts your daily life. So we'll drop the link in the show notes to get you signed up if you're interested in that uh, on May 10th. Uh, when are we opening that up for people to register? Do you know? It's it's open. People can start registering right away. Already open. Okay. So as soon as this podcast goes live, we will drop the link in there. So definitely check it out. And um, just any final thoughts before we close out, uh, tips that uh, you want to leave folks uh, before we, we close out? Yeah, absolutely. I know sometimes it can be overwhelming on where to start with doing some of these changes, some of the things of, um, there are so many things you can do to help improve your health. But I really want people to start thinking about the daily choices that you make, because those are the things that are going to have the biggest impact. And so starting with just, even if it's small changes of Maybe just pick the skincare product that you use the most of and just try swapping that out to something natural. Um, start your day with a healthy smoothie. Just try and take a few moments of closing your eyes and taking some deep cleansing breaths for stress management, getting out and doing a little walk around the block, something that you can do. Because what I found is that, and I talk about in my upcoming book, Natural Beauty Reset, that is coming out in September. People can pre-order on Amazon. Um, I talk about, Food, movement, mindset, and skincare are really essential for helping us with balancing our hormones. It's a really important foundation. So it's a great place to start. Awesome. All right, we'll drop the, the link for the book coming out in September as well. So that's available for pre-order on Amazon. So Dr. Trevor Cates, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.